You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Barksdale. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. Today I'm here with Kevin Houston. I'm super excited. Kevin is a musical engineer and producer. He's just a really cool person, and I'm really excited to get to talk to him today. I'm excited to talk to you, Jack. I'm a huge Jack Barksdale fan. <laughs> so I came to, to meet you through Mark Edgar Stewart. He set up my latest single, Gone. He produced it, and he had uh, you engineer the recording. That was such a fun time. Man, what a great session. Uh, I love Mark. He's an incredible singer-songwriter, bass player, musician, producer, um, and uh, that was a, a killer session. And uh, I am so thrilled for all the success that, that uh, it's garnering for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. So I, in this interview, I would like to get into, you know, how you got into the field of work that you're in. So I guess I should start with the pretty baseline question, you know, how did you, you know, what was your introduction into the music business? Well, I'm a musician myself. I play saxophone and guitar. Um, and I was always interested in music and I knew I wanted to do something in music. And I was fortunate enough to grow up in this little town just south of Memphis, Hernando, Mississippi. And in the town that I grew up in, uh, I became friends with Luther Dickinson and his brother, Cody Dickinson. They have a band called the North Mississippi All-Stars. And their father, Jim Dickinson, was a uh, very prolific producer uh, and musician. He played on he played piano on wild horses by the rolling stones uh wow. he played on uh bob dylan's time out of mind he played on aretha franklin sessions he produced the replacements um a lot of great artists and so growing up and meeting luther and cody we started a, we had a high school band together and I was really inspired here. Somebody in my community was making a living supporting their family with music. I didn't know what a music producer was. I didn't know what a recording studio was. Uh, so in short order, this was back in the eighties. Uh, and I got a four track cassette recorder and started recording at home. And, uh, I just loved it. And I loved recording with Luther and Cody. They, when I'd go over to their house, they had their dad's old eight track reel to reel recorder. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, now we've got eight tracks to work with. And so that sort of opened my mind to uh, studios and, and what a producer was and what a recording engineer was. And I went to the University of Memphis uh, when I got out of high school and I was a performance major in saxophone, and then I quickly realized that the only job I could get with that degree was as a band director or teaching saxophone. And then I found out that they had a recording studio and a recording program there at the university. And so I quickly changed majors to be a dual performance major and 
they called it recording technology, um, commercial music recording technology. And so I was uh, in the studio and I used Luther and Cody and uh, their band at the time uh, as my guinea pigs uh, on lots of sessions. And I worked uh, one of my instructors. I uh, was a recording engineer producer guy in Memphis and I begged him to let me come help sessions. And after doing this for a few years, he hooked me up with a job at a jingle house. The, they do radio jingles and they needed somebody. And I was graduating from, from the university. And so that was my first job. I, for eight hours a day, I was working on jingles with all the best singers in Memphis. And they taught me how to do vocal sessions. Um, and the best singers did the jingles because they were quick and they were good. And so I was working with amazing, talented singers. Uh, and uh, that sort of got my feet wet. And then I also started doing sessions with, with Jim Dickinson. Uh, he, he was a mentor to me and I started developing a clientele and uh, project after project and just, you know, word of mouth. Um, people said, Hey, this guy does a good job. You should hire him. And one thing led to another. And looking back, I have a, an almost 30 year career now. That's awesome. Kind of speaking of Luther Dickinson, as you said, he was a, a mentor to you and kind of an inspiration is how you, you, how you learned about, you know, what, what you do now. What is his mentorship kind of meant to you? What is, you know, what has he done? Some things that he's done that you just think, you know, if he hadn't done that, I don't know where I'd be. Or if I, if I wasn't aware of that, I don't know where I'd be. Well, I consider, I consider Jim Dickinson, his father, the mentor. Uh, yes, Luther's sorry. a great sorry. friend. Sorry if I missed, yeah. I, I meant Jim. I, if I misspoke, sorry about that. Oh, that's fine. Uh, yes, uh, and Luther and I are great friends, and we continue to work together and learn from each other. Uh, but Jim was, you know, he was he was a, an adult doing music. I didn't know any adults that worked in the music business uh, when I was fifteen years old. Uh, I uh, he. It was just, I, I didn't know what the studio was. I didn't know what a producer was. It, and still, you know, a, a producer is kind of a mysterious figure. I mean, what's the job description? Uh, it's basically getting it done, you know? Uh, um, so he, I, I was, I was in high school when I met him. And then when I, I went to college. He he knew that I was taking recording classes at the University of Memphis, and he'd say, "Hey, Kevin, what are they teaching you this week?" And I told him, "Oh, they're talking about microphone technique, this and that." And he'd say, uh, "Well, you know, that's not, you know, that's a bunch of BS, and this is how you should do it." And he was a very uh, cantankerous, uh, quotable uh, character, uh, and. Uh, so he would ground my textbook learning in real world applications. And, um, and just to, to have somebody in my community doing, the, doing this, I, it was a huge awakening for me. 
I knew that I wanted to be in music, but I didn't know how or why. And and then when I found the studio, I, I became just enthralled with it. Um, I, I love performing. I still perform in a handful of bands. Um, but to me, nothing has the same excitement as being in the studio creating something uh, with a group of people. Uh, there's just such a magic that happens when you're in the studio with a group of musicians and the interplay between them. And uh, I can connect with the audience that's going to hear it, uh, even more so than I can connect when I'm on stage with, with a band. Uh, mm -hmm. I, it, it's, it's one of the few jobs you can time travel. You're in the moment recording, and then you overdub on, uh, you know, you record over the top of it, you know, uh, and and then you mix it later. But you're still, you're always going back to that moment, and uh, and then when the listener hears it, they're transported to the moment that the recording was made. Uh, so music production and film production those are one of the those are some of the only two things where we can actually time travel uh so it's and jim taught me all these things he he taught me so many things uh, I, I worked so many sessions with him so many life lessons uh so many lessons in the music business he was uh, very open and shared a lot of his knowledge and poured that into me. Uh, and I now do that with the people I work with. And, and I also, I teach uh, at Rhodes, uh, the University Rhodes College in Memphis. I teach a, a, a audio engineering class every spring semester. So I continue teaching his philosophies to my students. You know, it's a, that's awesome. so it's a will that's, that's, you know, as, as the old song say, will, uh, may the will never be broken. Uh, so I'm uh, his lessons are, and lessons that he learned from people like Sam Phillips. And he, I mean, he he knew Sam Phillips. He knew uh, uh, Bob Dylan. He he knew the Rolling Stones. He he taught me all these things, and uh, I I continue teaching that to the people I work with and and my students. That's awesome. Are there any other kind of things that over the years, like producers or engineers or uh, musicians that really just influences in kind of what you want to create? Sure. Every session I try to learn something. Um, I like I had an amazing session with you and uh, I, I don't think you're ever too old or know too much to learn something new. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been very grateful and lucky to be able to work with some of my heroes. Um, I got to, I was always a huge Led Zeppelin fan and I got to work with Robert Plant when I did a record, uh, with Patty Griffin that he co-produced. Um, that's awesome that was an incredible experience for me. And he was as cool as you could ever imagine anybody being, you know, sometimes they say the old adage is you never want to meet your heroes. Hey, he did not disappoint. He was incredible. Um, and so uh, just being able to, to hang out and learn from 
from all kinds of musicians. And uh, I'm not, you know, I, I, I try to be humble enough to where I understand that I can learn something from anyone. If it's just studio personnel that, uh, that are runners, you know, going to get um, somebody food, they might say something offhanded, you know, during a session and I go, that's brilliant. Let's do that. You know, um, it's a collaborative effort making a record. And, uh, I try to be open to everyone's opinions and, um, uh, I try to make, I, I, I never try to put my stamp on something. I'm, I'm always making a record that the artist wants to make. Um, I try to become the invisible man. I try to become e egoless and just be a conduit to the artistic vision of the artist. That's really cool. Kind of on the topic of influences. Yes, on the topic of influences. What, what are some of your biggest influences in your music? Uh, whether it's saxophone or guitar or whatever other instrument you might play. What is, you know, just some people that just you always go back to? Sure. You know, uh, like I said, I was a huge Led Zeppelin fan uh, growing up in high school. Um, I uh, classics like Bob Dylan and um, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Jason Isbell fan as, as far as a more modern sort of Americana um, influence. Um, all my influences are sort of rock and roll Americana country. Um, I, I, I work so much in music that I don't always get a chance to listen to music for pleasure. You know, if you're spending 10 hours in the studio <laughs> making music, you know, sometimes on the way home, you just want silence. Um, but, um, all those records that I grew up listening to the Beatles, um, you know, it's the classics. Um, uh, and pop and rock and roll and um, uh, George Jones, um, uh, uh, Jimmy Rogers, uh, uh, Robert Johnson, um, the the classic, the originators, you know, uh, mm -hmm. um, blues, rock and roll, folk. Um, those are the things that always sort of caught me. Jazz, um, John Coltrane, uh, uh, Charlie Parker. The, you know, growing up, uh, you know, those are the licks that I was trying to cop uh, and, you know, fa failing miserably, but they set such a high bar, you know, um, but they, they definitely inspired me. And um, so, you know, I try, I, I just try to um, try to soak in and be influenced by everybody. Um, like when we did that session, I was just enthralled with your playing and your wisdom uh, beyond your years, you know, and you. your voice and just the sensibility of the song. It, it seemed so um, to harken back to some real, you know, murder ballads. Uh, um, uh, of, of, of old folk songs. Um, and it's, uh, it's just a, a beautiful thing. And I, I just feel so privileged to be able to, to do this and be surrounded by artists and people that inspire me. That's awesome.
That's that's very flattering. But this is about you. <laughs> uh, this is your time. Uh, uh well. Uh, uh. uh, I'm extremely fascinated with with producers and and engineers and you know just people in the studio, you know, who aren't musicians who, you know, that's their that's their livelihood and you're just the behind the scenes people, you know. Right. That aren't you know always on the center stage. I'd love to ask you a lot more questions about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, anything. Yeah, like uh, I'm very curious about you know how the process of making an album, you know the interest, the industry as well has changed while you've been, uh, you know, since you've started. Definitely. Um, well, you know the process. Um, somebody yesterday told me a great Tom Petty quote, uh, and I'm sure I'll mangle this, but I'm paraphrasing. A record can be a snapshot or it could be a painting. Um, so sometimes you just get people in a room and you take a snapshot of the moment in time. And then other times, you know, you're meticulous in like, I'm going to add this layer. Or I'm going to add that layer. You know, um, uh, I, I really enjoy being in a room full of musicians, vibing off each other, creating something in the moment. So I guess I really like uh, I really like the snapshot approach. Uh, but I've also, you know, really come to enjoy the painting approach, you know, uh, putting on layers and layers and taking out layers and uh, just coming back and forth to it. So, um, so there's a variety of ways to make a record. Um, uh, and uh, it's, it's, they're all very satisfying and, uh, you know, at times can be tedious. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it is work. It takes a lot of concentration and, um, sometimes the, the situation you could be in, in, in a situation that, um, isn't always, uh, might not be the, the best mental health situation, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, sometimes people, you know, sometimes artists are tortured you know, and it, sometimes it's hard to watch somebody, you know, be so tortured. Uh, um, uh, but for the most part, usually everybody's very happy and, you know, content to be in the studio and, and making music and, and making art. And um, so, you know, uh, it all starts with a song. And that's, that's the, the blueprint of everything. And mm -hmm. when someone comes to me and they want me to produce a record, um, then I say, well, I need to hear demos of the songs. And um, sometimes people are just starting out and they're like, what's a demo? Um, mm -hmm. And I've said, it, it can be as simple as, you know, a iPhone voice memo uh, or um, just a, a simple you with an acoustic guitar or piano, just singing through the song. And then I can sort of get ideas of instrumentation and uh, then have a meeting with the artist and, uh, and any kind of executive producers, any kind of financial backers and things like that uh, and say, okay, well, these are the demos. This is kind of what I'm hearing, um, but this is your record. I wanna hear which, what, what you feel. And, so then we, we have a pre-production process and pre-production is very important, especially these days where um, budgets are, you know, uh, not like they used to be when I started out. Mm -hmm. um, 
people don't have the budgets to spend um, two weeks in the studio. Yeah, you know, and I, maybe. I, find, oh, I find that really interesting as, uh, you know, as record companies become less and less in the picture for a lot of artists and they have to come up with, you know, their own budget. It's uh, always really interesting to hear or to just kind of observe how that evolves, you know? Sure, you know, and I've, I've always sort of, it seems like I've always worked with independents um, or independent labels. Rarely have I ever worked on major label stuff, but, mm -hmm. you know, back in the day, there'd be an A&R guy and he'd find the artist and they'd spend a lot of time developing the artist and they would make demos and they would learn their craft in the studio. And now you sort of have to uh, learn your craft by yourself. And technology is a lot different now. You know, anybody with a laptop can make great recordings anywhere. Um, but, and, and there's, you know, YouTube as a resource to, to sort of teach you how to do some of these things technically. Um, but I've, I find that pre-production is, is an important part of the process. Um, that, if you can, the more that you can talk about things when you're not in a studio that costs a hundred bucks an hour or, yeah. or whatever. Um, if you can talk through things and plan things, you know, it's still going to cost money, but um, you can be very efficient. And, mm -hmm. um, and then I can sort of, sort of plan out, okay, we've got X amount of songs and these songs need this cast of characters and these songs maybe could need these cast of characters and how much money do we have to work with and you know what where can we a lot of times we'll spend a day or two in a studio that's well equipped to be able to handle drums and everything like that and then we'll transition to a smaller home studio um, where we do vocal overdubs and, and mixing and things like that so mm -hmm. um, it's 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 different every time. And, um, but I think, I think pre-production is still very important uh, in any level of, of recording that you're doing. Um, and the business has totally changed. Uh, and I can't, I don't really even understand uh, a lot of it myself. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm not sure people don't really, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if anybody does. Anybody does, yeah. <laughs> Where, yeah, like, uh, you know, people get excited about streaming numbers. I mean, and I, I, I work with the Recording Academy and we're doing the best we can to advocate for higher royalties and, on, on streaming services. But, you know, the cat's out of the bag. You know, people don't, for the most part, people aren't purchasing music. You know, it's, it, you know, I, I, I have an Apple Music subscription. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's way too convenient to have the vast history of music searchable at your fingertips on your phone. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I also have a turntable and love to listen to vinyl. So mm -hmm. I try to support the artists that I work with and the artists that I like and and purchase, you know, vinyl. Um, because I enjoy that as a medium and just as a physical sort of totem and, uh, you know, the process, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like a meditation, you know, you put the, the record on and, mm -hmm. 
So I, I find comfort in that. And I try to support artists by, by purchasing their, their music, but we're never going back. Uh, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a streaming world. And, uh, and it's cool because it's like, everybody has access to all the same distribution. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to have a, a big label deal to, to get your music heard. You know, you mm -hmm. just need a, a fan base. And that still happens the old fashioned way for the most part. You know, it's mm -hmm. about playing gigs, turning people on. They're like, oh my God, did you see Jack Barksdale? He's amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you start listening to his stuff. And uh, and it's the same with any band. You got to get out there and, you know, now more than ever, playing live and touring is super important if you want to make a career in music. Um, that's where the money is. Um, since recorded music has has to a large extent be, been devalued um, mm -hmm. for many artists, you know, these really, really big artists um, are going to see money through streaming. Um, mm -hmm. But like most of the artists that I work with um, are independent artists. And you know, I, I don't know, the, the last Spotify check that you got, Jack, you know, I, uh, I've never seen a Spotify check, you know, uh, uh -huh. you're getting paid decimal points on the dollar. Uh, but you know, the, that's the future is now. And, you know, um, and I embrace that. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I just, um, I don't understand the economics of the business. Um, mm -hmm. I, I could sort, you know, when I started, in the mid professionally in the mid nineties, you know, that was kind of at the height of the overinflated CD prices and sort of corporate greed sort of brought us to this place, you know, uh -huh. that tur turned into Napster and people file sharing and then streaming to combat that or iTunes. And, mm -hmm. um, and so, um, it is what it is. Um, but I think people are always going to feel compelled to create. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's deep inside of us as a species, you know, mm -hmm. you see that handprint on the, on the caves, uh, you know, since prehistoric man that wants to record themselves in some fashion. So, so that's our legacy. Um, and, and I feel honored to be a part of every artist legacy you know uh it's their name big on the front uh mm -hmm. but i hope that you know um i i i feel honored and uh i valued to be a part of the process mm -hmm. that's awesome i'd love to hear you know some of your coolest experiences in the studio or or on stage or you know just great stories or just really fun experiences or interesting experiences. Sure, sure. Well, uh, meeting Robert Plant for me was a, was a big deal. I had no idea he was coming to the studio. I was super excited to be working with Patty Griffin. Mm -hmm. I knew that was happening, and I was setting up at the, the Zebra Ranch, which is the Dickinson family studio in Coldwater, Mississippi. So mm -hmm. I was setting up, uh, but I had no idea that at the time she was dating Robert Plant or that he was going to be a part of the sessions. I just turned around and there he was. And he's like, hi, I'm Robert. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm telling myself, just be cool. 
Uh, and I said, hi, I'm, I'm Kevin. He knew everybody else in the room, so he introduced himself to me. And uh, um, that was an incredible experience to be able to hang out uh, in the studio. Uh, he, he was kind of in and out. It, we were making Patty's record, and that, that was incredible. She was a joy to work with. And mm -hmm. um, uh, the American Kid is the name of uh, the record that we made with her. And it's a, kind of a, a lot of the songs dealt with uh, the passing of her father um she she made that record after her father died mm -hmm. and uh he co-produced some of the record uh along with the producer that was there and so that was a great experience to hang out with a legend and a hero and um hang out with patty that was amazing mm -hmm. um i got to make a record um with uh g love garrett dutton um oh, wow. i don't know if you've ever heard of him uh he uh, he was a lot of fun. We, I did that last year. Uh, I was always a big G Love fan, um, and uh, so that was super fun. He had a bunch of songs, and uh, Luther Dickinson produced that record, and we did that at the Zebra Ranch. And um, he brought in a bunch of people to collaborate. So uh, a lot of um, blues greats like R.L. Boyce and. Mm. Um, Kingfish and uh, uh, Cameron Kimbrough and um, Trent Ayers. Uh, I, I know I'm going to forget some people. Uh, uh, Takira Jackson from um, Southern Avenue. Um, lots of other Alvin Young, Blood Heart. Um, uh, lots of really cool collaborations. That's um, awesome. Um, Charday Thomas um, from the Rising Star Fife and Drum Band. So that was a, that was a great experience. Um, um, anytime I got to work with Luther and Cody uh, Dickinson, that was super fun. Uh, yeah, they're like brothers to me. So mm -hmm. uh, making records with them and their father, it seemed it felt like a very family affair. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was always a, a great privilege. Uh, anytime I get to work with Luther, it, it's, uh, we're, we're middle-aged men with families now, but it feels like we're teenagers, you know, hanging out and doing cassette four track recordings. Uh, mm -hmm. so that's, that's always a blast. Um, that's awesome. uh, I love to work. I, anytime I've gotten the chance to work with Mark Edgar Stewart, it has mm -hmm. been fabulous. We did a, a Memphis ukulele band record. Uh, we did two of those together. Um, and, uh, he produced a record on a, uh, a young Americana artist, Bailey Bigger, mm -hmm. um, that I'm really proud of. Um, you know, uh, every session is just a blessing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 I learned something from everyone, uh, being able to work in a lot of different studios, uh, in town. I sort of prided myself in the guy that that sort of can go into any studio and, and make it work. I've gotten the chance to work at Royal Studios in Memphis. Uh, Boo Mitchell is continuing the legacy that his uh, uh, grandfather started, uh, Willie Mitchell. Um, so anytime I get to go there or Sam Phillips Recording Studio in Memphis, um, there's these classic studios, Ardent Studios in Memphis 
these studios have been around for for years and years and years and you can sort of it's like walking inside the brain of uh the people who built these studios um mm -hmm. every time you're there so those have always been great experiences for me uh being able to work in in a variety of different studios um and uh, and a variety of different genres. Um, yeah. And so that, that's always been a privilege. So uh, I'm very curious because uh, what I understand, you've lived in the the Memphis area, born there and uh, still live there today. And uh, what is it about Memphis and the surrounding area that really, that keeps you there, you know? Um, well, it's family. Um, to, and to be honest, I was born in Wilmington, North Carolina. My dad was in the Air Force at the time, but but they're all from here. Uh, and I only lived there briefly. Um, uh, but yes, I grew up in the Memphis area. Um, I live actually just south of Memphis in Mississippi. They, they say that Memphis is the capital of North Mississippi and Eastern Arkansas, because um, the rest of Tennessee doesn't really recognize us. But, um, but it's family. Uh, family's here. Uh, my folks are here. And uh, now I have children of my own and they have their, their lives are here. So, so it's always been family and I've been very fortunate to be able to work in my chosen field right here at home. There's so many classic studios here in town, Royal and Sam Phillips and Sun and ardent um studios that have been around for a long time and there's a huge talent pool in memphis there's always been mm -hmm. great musicians um and it's and it's always been a recording destination uh for lots of folks mm -hmm. um, a lot of people like to make records in memphis for whatever reason something about the the water and the barbecue um <laughs> and so uh, I've, I've just been very blessed to, to, to be around so many great musicians and so many great studios. And because there's so many great studios, there's great studio personnel, um, producers and engineers um, with a, a big legacy and people to learn from and to work with. And I've always been somebody that prides myself in being able to, to work in all the studios in town. I, I don't just limit myself to one place. Um, I have stuff that I can um, work, work at home to mix, just like I mixed your record from, from my place. Um, uh, but I really enjoy going around to, to the various studios in town and being being able to take a, a little slice of what everybody's doing and put it into my bag of tricks. That's awesome. I know you've done uh, all sorts of uh, really cool, uh, really interesting projects throughout your career. I wonder what are some of them that you're most proud of that, you know, you, you feel like this is, you know, something that I can show to people and be, you know, proud of my work that I've done. Sure. Well, I'm proud of everything. Uh, and typically the, the latest things that I'm working on are the things that come, come to mind first. Uh, this fantastic Jack Barksdale record I just made. <laughs> um, uh, I, you know, when people ask me for, you know, my bio, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for the, the 
the top artists that I've that I've worked with and people that I've mentioned earlier in the interview, like Robert Plant and Patty Griffin come to mind. Buddy Guy, I got to work on a Buddy Guy record. Uh, awesome. That was a, that was a lot of fun uh, with um, I've got to work with uh, Samantha Fish on a couple of records. Um, Luther produced a Luther Dickinson produced a really cool conglomeration of female artists called, I think they called it Sisters of the Strawberry Moon. Uh, I really like that record. Um, this Bailey Bigger record I just did, uh, it's been one of my favorite things from the past few years. Mm -hmm. um, and just everything that I'm working on currently, I'm, that's what I'm always jazzed about. Uh, it, artists are the same way. You know, they'll make a classic record, but the next record's always the one that they're excited about, the one they're about to make. Um, and I heard a really cool quote the other day. Life can be understood backwards, but it has to be lived forwards. So you have to sort of, I'm always just pushing forward. I, I don't really take the time to look back, but when I look back there, there are albums and artists that I've worked with that, that kind of stand out. Uh, mm -hmm. Anytime I've been able to, to make a record with Luther and Cody Dickinson and uh, many times it was with their father, Jim Dickinson producing mm -hmm. that, that felt like family. So that was, those were always great records to work with, uh, work, mm -hmm. work on. And I still get to work uh, with Luther often. So that, that's always fun to do. Um, I got to uh, all the records that have, I've gotten Grammy nominations for kind of stand out. I've, I've been lucky enough to, to work on 10 Grammy nominated records so far in my career. And so a lot of those are great. Um, I, early in my career, I, I worked on two Grammy nominated records with a, a brilliant uh, Church of God in Christ preacher, uh, Bishop Gilbert Earl Patterson. And uh, those were really cool records to work on. Um, Lucero is a band from Memphis, uh, that I'm proud of a lot of the records. I, I was able to, to make a lot of their early records, uh, with them. And, uh, I, I love those songs and those guys and that band. Um, so, so lots of, lots of, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to sing a lot. One, it's kind of like asking, you know, who your favorite child is or <laughs> what your favorite music is that it's, it's impossible to, to say. Uh, but, but those are some highlights maybe. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I'd like to ask you a couple more questions. Are there any projects that you're working on currently that you're really excited for and you can't wait for, you know, people to hear? Sure. Every single one that I'm working on, I'm excited about and can't wait for people to hear. Um, there's a, a record that I'm mixing today. Um, I've been working with an artist, Rob Junkless. He's uh, uh, a local Memphis guy. Uh, he had a regional hit back in the 80s with the song called Memphis Thing. And uh, I was fortunate enough to make a record with him that was released earlier this year. We kind of made it throughout the pandemic. And while we were making that record, we got along so well that, and the, the record sort of shifted from what he initially 
thought it was going to be to something else. And so he took a lot of the songs that were going to be on that first record and shelved them for another project that we're currently working on um, and, and rewrote some other things. And so we finished that, that first record we worked on called Rebel Souls and released that earlier this year. And now we're working on a, a, a record called Love Songs for the Dying of the Light. And he's an, uh, he's in his early 70s. So the record is reflective of sort of, there's the, a lot of mortality themes. And um, uh, he's got a great song called uh, The Song Unsung, um, talking about all the songs he won't be able to write, all the beauty he won't be able to see when he's gone. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. It just brings me to tears every time I hear it. So I'm really excited about this record. We're mixing it now and uh, I'm assuming it'll be out early next year. Um, but I'm excited about, yes, it's great. Uh, I'm excited about that record. Uh, I'm excited about a pro uh, project I have coming up. Uh, an artist named Gail Bliss. Uh, my good friend, Eric Lewis, is a great guitar picker, um, producer, artist in his own right. He's producing uh, Gail. She's a great singer. And we're going to be able to work with the great Charles Hodges and Leroy Hodges of high rhythm section fame. Uh, these guys made lots of records with Al Green and Ann Peebles and uh, all those high, high record soul artists. So they're in the rhythm section, along with uh, Steve Potts, who's a great uh, Memphis drummer. Um, mm -hmm. And Eric will be playing guitars and anything with strings. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's going to be fun. We're, we've got uh, some dates coming up. Uh, and you and I are taping this uh, in the end of September. And so in mid-October, we're we're planning to get in the studio and and try to get five songs completed for for gail's project so i'm excited about that uh, i am about to mix a record on a new orleans artist uh sean riley uh, uh a, a producer friend of mine from new orleans reached out to me uh, to mix this record so i'm excited about that um that's happening in a couple of weeks and you know everything everything that i'm working on i'm excited about um mm -hmm. so it's it's just a, such a privilege to be able to to do this for a living and to to be inspired by these great artists and um and so so i'm excited about it all that's super cool well i have one more question for you and uh, i like to ask uh, most people this i feel like it's always a, an, an important question no matter who you're talking to uh, what are some of your goals and aspirations for the future what do those look like well I you know I'm I'm it's sort of in the middle of my career so I I just want to keep it going I uh, uh, I want to keep making great records and and working with great artists and working on great films um, I want to make music that touches people, that reaches people. I want to help facilitate uh, an artist's vision and, and bringing their 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 vision to life uh, in records or films or whatever it is that I'm working on. Um, 
I want to continue to learn balance in my life, just personally. I, uh, being a recording engineer, is it's a very kind of addictive sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. You know how it is when you're in the studio, everything is so much fun and so full of life and creativity. And uh, so it, it, it can get to a point where if you're not careful, it'll overtake your life. And, and I have children and a family and a fiance, and uh, I want to, to watch my kids grow up and I want to share my life with, with the people I love, like my fiance and my family. And so I need to learn to continue to learn balance and um, balance my personal and professional life um, effectively. So that's always a goal. Uh, my goal is to to be the best man that I can be, uh, a good example for my children and um, for my clients, and um, just continue to try to be more thoughtful and more in the moment, and um, put my phone down and l- live inside the present moment. Um, that's always my goal um, is to, to try to do better every day, to try to be better every day and uh, to try to continue to live my life with integrity. And, uh, and those, are, those are my goals. That's awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me and letting me learn more about you. This has been a really fun time. Once again, you're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. Uh, I'm Jack Barksdale, and I'm talking to Kevin Houston. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Jack. It's such a privilege and an honor to be a part of your podcast and to uh, have it be a, been a part of your music. And I, I hope we can do it again. C- come back to Memphis and let, let's let's do a full record together. Yeah, sounds great. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope to see you next time. Bye.